Welcome to the Healthy Charleston Podcast, where we help you take ownership of your health and fitness. My name is Hannah, and I am here to be your source of accurate health and fitness information while spreading awareness about all of the different health and fitness resources available to you in the Charleston area. Be sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. This is your host, Hannah. Today's episode is really exciting for me because I got to talk with one of my role models and someone who's just had a huge impact on my professional career and really my life in general. So meet Zach Abor, the founder of Level Up Initiative, co-founder of CalU, and overall just badass human. So Clinical Athlete and Level Up Initiative joined forces a couple of years ago, and they are on a mission to elevate the standard of musculoskeletal care by providing both free and paid mentorship, education, and community to musculoskeletal professionals. Zach is one of those people that I feel like I've personally known for a while because he just shows up so authentically online and in his courses, but this is actually the first time we've met. Um, And I get his story of what he's been up to in the last couple of years and how he ironically has felt like his previous job wasn't aligned with him authentically. So we talk about his recent move, his transition out of the traditional model, his personal experience with burnout, how he's turned it around, what he's doing now, and what exciting things are coming out of the clinical athlete and level up community. So my goal of this podcast is to give you accurate and realistic health information and give you tools and tips that you can start doing and thinking about today to improve your health. And I'm a huge believer that the work we do, the thing we spend, you know, 30, 40 plus 80 for some people or more hours a week on and the people that we spend our time around at work, this has a massive impact on our health. When we feel burned out and mismatched and unfulfilled with our jobs and careers, We aren't going to show up the way we want. We aren't going to be able to make the impact that we want to make. And we definitely aren't going to thrive. And this is so important in in any job, but especially in healthcare, especially in something like physical therapy, where we spend a significant amount of time with our patients on a regular basis. Our health directly affects their health. If we aren't thriving, we can't help our patients thrive. So really... It gets to the point where you have to understand that taking care of yourself and loving your job and loving what you do for, you know, the majority of your week in your life, this of course plays a huge role in our health and how we can help other people's health. This is something that's constantly always on my mind. And Zach and I both agree, we have such an opportunity to change others' lives in our model, um, but it starts with making sure that, that we are in the right place and that we're thriving, that we're healthy. So before we start, if you get anything out of these episodes that positively affects you, contributes to your health or others' health, I'd love to know either with a message, a DM on Instagram, or even a podcast review. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow us to stay in the know. Otherwise, meet Zach Gabor. Well, what's up? Hi. Good to see you. I feel like I don't think that we've actually met. But I feel like I know you because I've watched you on like Level Up and Instagram and just like other videos so many times. And I was like, wait, I don't know if like we have just fully been able to like introduce ourselves. Yeah, I don't think we've formally met, but I know you went through Level Up, I feel like uh, back in the day, which I appreciate. 
and obviously just been a longtime supporter of everything we're doing. So like, I really appreciate that. And yeah, you guys are building such a dope ass Avenger squad of clinicians. So here for that. Love it. Yeah. I mean, I very much appreciate you. I would not be here if it wasn't for level up and everything that you talked about and that you did. I was in a very like cynical, like nihilistic place and like dark place in my PT journey. And I was kind of just like, F this, I don't want to do this anymore. And then I found out that other people felt the same way that I did, believed the same things through level up. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, I can do this. So like made to move is now here because of you. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. And you guys, it's, it's awesome. Like such, so awesome to have a haven for people to actually be able to work somewhere that, you know, enacts the mission that we're all on. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's awesome to be able to like have, have grown that and just like provide jobs for those people. Because I feel like, you know, 10 years ago, like it's kind of just like you're out of luck. Totally. Yeah. So like, what's, what's been going on in your life recently? Cause I feel like when did you get married? Last summer. Okay. Uh, so we got married last summer. We moved uh, up to Rochester this past February. Steph's family's up here in Rochester, New York. Um, we had been in Boston for seven years. And honestly, like we both hit our breaking point of like intense, intense burnout, like in mental health issues um, where like, obviously we love our coworkers and have love for our boss, but uh, just things got kind of toxic for us at our place of work. And so we knew we needed a change. Um, and that's what kind of spurred us to move out to Rochester because Steph had been almost a year into ACL resolve and was growing it to a point that like we had some stability and, um, I knew Russ up here in Rochester. So I'm working two days a week at mana in a cash pay model, which has been amazing. Um, and for me, like my own remote caseload and then Kalu. So it's, it's kind of been, it's been amazing. Just, we wanted to move out here to quiet the noise and like have an environment that we could just put our head down and crush it. And, and that's what it's been. So. Yeah. What was that? You described, you know, burnout. I think something that like a lot of people experience that it's, it's interesting hearing it from you because I think people probably picture you to have like, you know, the best job, the best work-life balance. And like, I know what I'm doing and like, I'm doing it amazing. And like, yet you still, you know, we're, we're victim to this thing that so many of us experience. Like, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately it's kind of crazy. Like once you step out of it, you're like, holy shit. Like, how did I, how was I in this model for so long? Because I guess from my perspective, it's like, I was in a good spot where volume wise, it was on like the low end, but I was still seeing, you know, 10 to 12, 13 patients a day on busy days. And ultimately so many of these people need, uh, care that extends from the session, you know, in between sessions, ongoing care, things like that. And, and ultimately it's like, you have to make a choice. You're either giving the patients what they need, but it's at the extent of your own bandwidth. And ultimately, you know, making that decision over and over again is very exhausting and, and just caring for that number of humans in the way that we believe in, like where you're really like going above and beyond to give people the care they deserve. It's just not really sustainable when you're seeing 40, 50 patients a week, you know, back to back sessions. It's, it's just exhausting. 
that was a big piece of it, you know, for Steph being a fully caseload with ACL, having to do progress notes every other week and deal with all of that on top of getting them the programming they needed in between sessions. It just was all, it was all too much. And the margins in that business model, when we graduate, we're very naive, but the margins in the insurance-based model are so bad. Like there's really not room to incentivize anyone for being good at what they do. It's just incentivized for seeing more patients. And it's kind of shit. Yeah, so like just a little, a few things kind of led you to feel that way. But it was insidious, you know, like it built you, we like so much of it is normalized. So it's like, we were just going along with it forever. Cause that's just like what it is. And like, we had great coworkers who gave a shit, gave a shit. And like, it was, uh, it made it fun, but ultimately it just like, it's just not, it's, it's tough. Like, you know, I know there's exceptions to the rule. There's some people that it works for them, but like for me between the comp, like, I don't even know, even if I was making six figures, I don't know that I would go back to a full-time outpatient ortho insurance job. I don't even know if I would go back for 150 K honestly. Like what would make it worth it? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, 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 I just don't think like quality of life wise, like I just don't think it's mental health like is so important for us. And like, when you're seeing that volume of patients, it's just really tough to uh, take care of your own health and well-being and show up for your clients in a way you're proud of. Yeah. I mean, I remember on rotation, like the the rotation that really got me in the dumps was like one of those schedules where they're like, this is so great because you have flexibility. But it was like seven to four, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and 10 to six, Tuesday, Thursday, which just meant Tuesday night sucked because you had to go to sleep super early and you didn't have enough time the next day. But, you know, and I just remember my CI, like he'd get there early. He would start writing notes. He would leave. He would finish his notes. And then he'd have a couple hours with his like, you know, I think Beyonce at the time. He he, like never worked out, which was something that like I was so just like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? He would, you know, make fun of me because I worked out that kind of thing. I think like it's something that even in a cash-based model, like you almost have to be like a little bit more protective because you're like, it's one-on-one and these people are motivated, but you're giving your all to this person for an hour, sometimes more. And like you mentioned programming, I mean, that's a huge part of what we do that like you have to be um, pretty clear and set on your boundaries. Otherwise, like it also can eat up everything that you do. 100%. Yeah. 100%. What was the what was the tipping point for you that you were like we have to do something different? There there was kind of like two things. Um one from my perspective, um it was just kind of feeling a lack of support in certain ways from the leadership at our company where you know, we were working basically on an island where, you know, we're we're generating so many referrals on our own. We're short staffed with front desk or at, or aides. And it's like, I'll be in the middle of the eval and I have to pick up the phone to take a new person that wants to schedule. And and like, you know, it was like all the shit like that and like talking to my boss about it and basically getting like a, a shrug, you know, and it was basically like things like that. And it had just reached a breaking point for me where I'm like, ah, I bust my ass for this company and it's like, I don't even feel supported. Um, you know, forget compensation, you know? And so that was one thing that really pushed me away. 
And for Steph, it was really like she was coming home crying like every other week because, you know, her full caseload was ACL. And like, here's a patient that has 12 visits for the whole year. Provide care for them. And it's like, dude, like now I have to space out their visits once a month. And like, what are they going to do in between every month? Like a HEP to go worksheet? Like that's such a low level of care. So of course, Steph is going to write programming for them. But that's out of her own goodwill because that's what she deserves. She's not compensated for that. And then on top of that, patients are getting denied. So she has to do progress notes. Uh, and it's just like you're seeing a ton of patients every day. You're trying to do the right thing. You're barely making ends meet because the compensation is so bad in that model. And and we both looked at We're like, what? Like she was coming home crying and we're like, life is too short. Like we need to change something because like this ain't it. And that was basically... We started plotting our our next move from there. Yeah. There's so many great providers in that model that like you can be such a great, well-intentioned provider. And I, I don't, I think people don't quite understand like when we talk about ACL rehab and traditional care and the standard of care, a lot of providers get a little like they take it personal that they're in that yeah. model. And I'm like, it's not you. It's that that you described. It's the system. It's that. It's, it's the constraints. It's the constraints of the system. Yeah. And even if you're giving your all like Steph, like now you're going home and you're crying and you're not taking care of yourself. And ultimately that's going to turn around where you're not able to provide maybe the best decision-making or like, you know, when you feel burnt out, like you're not able to fully be present with this. Dude, I was, I was like, I was pretty apathetic towards the end of my tenure at my last job where like, I'm normally so excited to go into work and I'm like doing the minimum. And that's like, so not me. You know what I mean? And it just didn't feel right. It doesn't feel aligned. So yeah, the constraints are really tough. Like, I think there's a time and place for it. Like, I think especially for, you know, here's, I will say, here's my defense of it or like where I think the utility can be is like, I actually think that uh, outpatient insurance-based models can almost be like a residency where if there's a good facility, it's like transparency about like a one to two year contract where there is value to getting a lot more exposure and reps with certain caseloads. There is value to being surrounded by a clinical team that all cares. I just don't think it's sustainable for more than a few years. So it's like, you can do it for a year or two, treat it as like an educational investment and then move on with your life. Like that's actually, I think a way that, uh, to be honest with you, because otherwise insurance-based models are going to have a really hard time recruiting good talent, retaining good talent, because it's just not sustainable. It's just not like... Yeah. I mean, I think that's why we see so many people starting cash-based practices. I think that hopefully in the near future, people start to realize that there's a growth of cash-based practices where they don't have to own, they can they can be a PT because I think so many people get, they're like, well, I don't want to work in insurance. I don't want to work in a hospital, but I don't want to own my own business. I just want to do the thing that I went to school for that I love. But they're like, well, in order to treat like that, I have to start my own thing. And like, obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of that, but a lot of people don't want to do that. And then there comes another, you know, the admin burden and like the business ownership burden that you're not treating 25 to 30 patients a week. You're doing all this other stuff. So hopefully soon um, there is, there are more options. That's what I'm most proud of is like, we've been busting our ass, you know, Quinn and clinical athletes since 2015 you know, level up formally since like 2017, 2018, 
And, you know, we've been slowly just amassing like a really special community. And it's so cool to see people like yourself building what you've built, because that's, that's always kind of been the mission and the vision is to like, have opportunities, have people enacting a new way of doing things where there are different options and there are role models of what it looks like. And um, yeah, there's just, there are a lot more of those options popping up. So it's exciting to see the continued growth of it. And like the standard of care is so bad uh, that I just think there's so much room for, you know, positive disruption of this industry that, you know, it's like, we're sitting here just like, this aren't, isn't this what you're supposed to do? Like, isn't this what PT should be? But it's like, it's actually remarkable because the standard is so laughably bad when you can, when you contrast that with how we go about practice. <laughs> it's almost like hard to explain because we think it's the standard that we're like, yes, of course you would provide programming and you would help them fully return to sport and progress. And then other people are like, well, aren't you just like getting them out of pain and like using exercises in session? to fix their pain. Yeah. I'm like, well, wow, we have different, we're on like different planets. Well, and, and it's also not just that, to be honest with you, another reason that kind of pushed me away from our old uh, company was there was kind of a fracture in the culture where like half of the clinicians there like really gave a shit about continuing to evolve their thoughts and like challenge their biases. And like, to me, that's a core part of if you want to be practicing at the best level you can, what patients deserve, it requires you to continue to grow and like want to continue to grow. And there was just like, you know, staff that didn't really give a shit. And uh, that kind of bothered me because I didn't really want to be a part of that. So I think it's, you know, when you have a staff that is like actually unified in that uh, desire to better themselves for the sake of their patients, like that's a really powerful thing to be a part of as well. But just being a part of medicine, like how are you going to say, I'm going to be a doctor when medicine is changing all the time. Like you have to also change with it. Look, you know, this is one of the hardest things to also explain is like people get better, you know, people get better regardless a diversity of approaches. Yeah. And so for people that are kind of like not evolving, they're like, yeah, well, my patients get better. And it's like, yeah, like they do. But like integrity wise, it's like, you could be doing a better job or there's different ways you can be explaining things that are maybe more constructive, but you know, it takes energy uh, and bandwidth to like challenge yourself and, and get better. So like, I get it on one hand, but it's also frustrating because it's like, you know, I, I feel we have a responsibility to relay the most accurate information we can to patients. So it's like, yeah, pe people can get better by putting leeches on their low back, but like, that's not really the right thing to do. Well, and like we have such a, yes, like a responsibility. We also have an amazing opportunity to better someone's life, to have this turn into a lifestyle change. A, I'm now strength training. I know I now am running marathons. Yeah. Like we have such a great opportunity. We're like with the only providers that see people regularly and weekly to actually positively, like fully like change their, their life path. Should, yeah, 100%. I mean, I've had several of those over the years where it's been like literally a stark like glow up on the other side. You're like, oh my God, like literally this person's life was radically changed um, for the better. And like, that's again, like such an opportunity that we have where it's just being slept on. You know, we can be doing so much better for our people. The Healthy Charleston podcast is brought to you by Made to Move Physical Therapy. 
Made to Move Physical Therapy specializes in helping you get out of pain and get back to doing what you love. We offer relationship-oriented, one-on-one, individualized care to all of our clients, and we believe in putting the patient's needs first. If you'd like to work with me or any of our other physical therapists at Made to Move, check out the link in the show notes and get 10% off of your first session. We have locations throughout Charleston, Mount Pleasant, West Ashley, Somerville, and Daniel Island. Don't waste another day stuck in your pain. Follow the link and schedule an appointment today. You mentioned just like being fractioned, like having your culture being separated. And I think like you've probably learned like putting those like high achievers in the same room as the low achievers, like it pisses each person off and like neither yep. of them will be happy or content. So like you got to just totally the A players with A players so that they can thrive. Yeah, no, I, I felt shame. Like I felt shame for like caring too much at times. You know what I mean? Where it's like, no, fuck that. <laughs> like, And so I, I totally agree with you. That's a great point. You're, you were probably told like, oh, like, why don't you just like go home and like have better like work-life balance? Like, why do you care so much? You don't have other things to care about. Yeah. <laughs> why, why do you care so much as such a classic? I'm interested to know too. Like I imagine there's a lot of people that you get to influence and that you teach that there's a lot of, um, like practice what you preach, I'm sure is, is really important to you. Like, how did it feel? Especially you said that last year, you were kind of just like apathetic, like being a part of this community that teaches and preaches these things, but being in this workplace that like, it was almost like an identity difference. Oh, I mean, it was a low point for me. Like, uh, in so many ways, like I felt so lost with level up with Kalu, like, to be honest with you, like I, I thought about hanging it up. Like I, I thought about just shutting the whole thing down. Um, I felt frustrated and, um, it bled into that. Like, I just didn't feel inspired, um, by what I was doing on the clinical side of things. And, uh, it wasn't until working with a mental health professional, changing our environment, like, you know, it, it all came together and came out the other side. And funny enough, it's like getting out of that environment, working with a mental health professional coming out the other side of that is actually when it restoked the fire and clarity with what we were doing with Kalu. And that's when we made the pivot to, uh, the course that we've been creating that Quinn's been creating foundations too. And that's when we've had actual traction for the first time ever. Like, you know, Kalu plus was a what product we made in the depths of my own burnout, something that we didn't necessarily feel like totally passionate about. Like we had evangelists like you that are just like, okay, well we support you. So we're going to do this. But like, the truth is it wasn't really anything that we felt really excited about. It was just like, okay, this is what we're offering. But when we made that pivot and had that clarity for the course, it uh, relit a fire, felt the mission again. And like the value of it is like, damn, like this is actually a really great thing. And so it just goes to show that like when you take care of yourself and you put yourself in the right environment, it bleeds into everything else you do, uh, your own business, whatever. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit on that. Yeah. Just, a, just a little bit. And now like you taking care of yourself and you loving your job. Cause I think a lot of people don't realize how important it is to feel for most people, maybe some not inspired and fulfilled by, you know, the thing that we do for more than 40 hours a week, more than most of our lives. Yeah. The fact that you are able to thrive 
is helping other people thrive. You said it. There was a there was a misalignment in terms of like I like I'm someone that has like always been very aligned with my authentic self, and there was a mismatch there for a while where like it just wasn't uh, it wasn't fitting. And so yeah, like when you're being authentic and aligned in that way, it it role models that out for others as well. How long did it take for you to realize why you felt mismatched and off? Um, you know, it was so insidious. Like it, it, like it was probably like a, it was brewing for like two years, but it was really probably like six months of like this noticeable, just like, I was so angry all the time and like resentful and frustrated and like pointing the finger out, like comparing, blaming and just, uh, yeah, it was, it was probably like a six month process that it really started to bubble up to the point where I was like, you know, people were messaging me being like, Zach, I just wanted to let you know how much of an impact level up had on my life. Like it changed my life. And it literally, I felt empty. Like I literally, like it didn't move me at all. It didn't like, if anything, I felt resentful towards them because I'm like, I just felt so angry about everything that I was like, okay, when that was happening more frequently, I was like, I need fucking help. Like I need to talk to someone because this is not a healthy way. Like you built this with such a pure intention. And now you're like, angry at people that are benefiting from it. And it's like, bro, you need to get some fucking mental health help because this, this well, ain't it. At least you, you realized it. I mean, before we <laughs> yeah. get to like the great things that you're doing now, what advice would you give to someone who is feeling those things right now? My advice would be that life is short and it's just like, life is too short. It's not worth putting up with something that isn't aligning with like how you want to go about it. And you know, me and Steph are great, I think, role models of graded exposure where it doesn't, I think a lot of people get stuck in this all or nothing, like, well, I can't just change my job tomorrow. And it's like, yeah, that's okay. My advice to you is just take the step that moves you closer to where you want to be, whether that's hmm. conversations with people that are maybe doing something that you want to be doing or get it like our community has so many great connections to help enable shifts and pivots in terms of getting people to where they want to be. But it starts with you just uh, owning that and admitting that and then like starting to have conversations that's taking action. Like that's such a core value of ours is like doing something about it. And so it's it's owning it, acknowledging it, but doing doing something about it. What's that one step that can get you closer? Because it's it's usually not like a, you know, you don't have to move states like we did, but you know, that's one that's one example of how it could play out. But also what a great, you know thing that we do with our patients too. It's the same thing. It's just like, what's the next step? It doesn't need to be that yeah. we fully, we fully change everything overnight and we fully change your life. But if we kind of have that, like, you know, North star, at least we know like what's important to us, which is a step within of itself to think of that just totally next thing that might get you a little closer. Yep. 100%. Cause it is like, it's, it's recognizing the opportunities we have available to us in our, in this industry. And it's not like just an easy thing to just, you know, switch or change jobs or whatever. So, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, of the gradual pivots. The easing into the cold plunge. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. Like, you know, just start taking the steps to build up some momentum and then do the thing. Yeah. You mentioned foundations too. And I know Peter took it, loved it. Rach is taking it soon. Yep. But I don't know yep, much yep. about it and I would love for you to do yeah. everything. Yeah. So basically the epiphany that we had was like, um, 
we had my course, like the le- the OG level up mentorship, aka Foundations One, and this is you know really a- along like soft skill development, critical thinking, communication. That's my baby. Um, and we had Kalu Plus, which was basically like the Clinical Athlete Forum 2.0. It's like this uh, private forum. There's resources, and that was sort of the product that we had, but it was lacking structure. It was too ambiguous. It was too informal. Um, and so we had this idea of like, okay, well, we can build on Foundations One with like a part two. And like the reason we merged with Clinical Athlete was because we work really well together, but also like Quinn is a savage. Like Quinn is one of the clinicians I admire the most. And like, I think the epiphany that we had was like Operation Unleash Quinn. Like he (laughs) has a beautiful, no, seriously though, like he has, he has a beautiful mind. And, um, that was, that was really the beginning of foundations too, was like Quinn's take on exercise prescription. And so that's the, that's the vehicle uh, you know, that's the, that's the lens of the course is through exercise prescription, but it is a bit of a Trojan horse because it's, it's like a masterclass in clinical practice and, um, auditing and creating your own like reliable informed framework to help you make better decisions with how you're prescribing and thinking about exercise, but it's all like communication, critical thinking. There's so much embedded within it, but it's through the lens of exercise prescription and so that's what that's what the course is. Is it's like building a building a framework um, that's grounded in in kind of like how do we manage complex systems? That's that's basically it. Because while we don't explicitly talk about that, it's really actually a really important way to ground the discussion of how we're going about healthcare. Because a lot of us operate as if humans are complicated systems, which means a lot of moving parts, but it's linear. Like there's concrete solutions and answers. But that is not the way humans work. <laughs> humans are complex systems. One plus one does not equal two. Uh, it's very nonlinear. There's a lot of disproportionate inputs and outputs. And the sooner we can embrace that and accept that and build a lens to look at rehab through that and exercise through that, it's just like, oh my God, it, it, it puts words to so much of the confusion and confliction that we see in practice. And um so it's been really cool. Quinn's really done an incredible job of being super thoughtful and intentional about it. And I, I couldn't be more proud of the work he's done because it's it's a beast. I'm sure you know, like putting together a presentation t- requires a lot of bandwidth. And uh, so he's really knocked it out of the park. And like, it's it's something we, we feel genuinely proud of. And how many hours is the, like, what is the course timeline? Yeah, so basically it's, it's actually still, it's, it's halfway uploaded. We have the other half being uploaded over the next six weeks. Like it's Quinn has it built out, but it just needs to be recorded and uploaded. It's probably going to be around 15 hours all in all. So it's kind of like a weekend course, but dripped over, you know, right now in our founding members, it's over a year. Um, but it's, it's going to be moving to like a four month, uh, cohort style. And so it's asynchronous. Um, so you work through it at your own pace, but we have live calls every week. And then we have, um, like competency checkpoints. And so those are embedded in via like reflective prompts or assignments. Um, the live calls that we offer, um, which are called growth seats, where it's basically like a live audit of your own exercise prescription for patients, which is very vulnerable, but also one of the most powerful things you can do to address blind spots um, and just make your make your process that much better. And then a written exam at the end. So that's, that's pretty much it. That sounds... Amazing. Like that's what. Yeah. And CEUs. Oh my God. No way. 
Yeah. That's hype. That, how did you get that? Yeah, I know. Well, it's a lot of years and years of soul searching, like for real. Like we've had, we've had some duds and we've had some like sort of good products, but like this is the culmination, I think, of like all the things. It really, it, it puts forth the, the mental model that we kind of see and, and what we recommend and it's flexible to p- different approaches. But yeah, it's, it's, it was started with unleashing Quinn and uh, letting him do his thing. Cause he's really like, he has a great vision of what clinical practice can look like. And he's such a great teacher. And um, it's just been amazing to see it come together um, in that way and getting feedback from people to help uh, inform the progressions. But yeah, that it's kind of been a process, but it started with the vision for that and then kind of, dialing into, okay, what are the competency, competency checkpoints we're going to have? What is the timeline? Like getting CEUs for it is a, you know, we have to do that in today's day and age, if we want to compete and make this a no brainer, you know, cause it's like, that's our, that's our goal is like to align and, and partner with amazing clinics like yours that are literally enacting the change that we're advocating for. Um, and being able to help support your clinicians and and provide like a really great clinical ed experience that brings some standardization in a good way. Um, like a bait, like we're all about like the floor, like we're the, we're the baseline of what you should be doing. We just have a really high standard. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? But it's like, it gives everyone a, a consistent starting off point um, so that we're all speaking the same language. Yeah. I mean, it's, like an amazing, it's almost like the residency that like everyone wants. And like, we were so excited when Peter was like, Oh, like, can I do this course? I was like, Oh, what is it? And he told me, I was like, Oh my God. Yes. What do you mean? Like, why haven't we done it? Can we all do it? Like, (laughs) because like we, um, we tried, I think it was this time last year to like really like hammer down our onboarding and what it turned into was like, 50 podcasts and blogs and research articles that we'd basically hand our new PT uh, in your first week. Yeah. And we were like, listen to this and you'll become a great provider. And <laughs> we, it was, we did it to Emily and she was like, Oh my God, like I just graduated. Like, what are, what are you doing? Um, That's so funny. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I've experienced the same thing. Even when I was at my last job, it's like, I'm obviously very passionate about clin ed, but when you're working and running a business, like also creating an intentional streamlined clinical onboarding, like that's like for us, it's like, we want to be that outsourced thing that you bring in. That's just a high level and high quality because it's like, it doesn't mean you're not going to have your own internal mentoring and things like that. But like, um, that should complement, you know, and, and enhance like solid, consistent education that you can bring in. And the timeline of four months is like a perfect amount of time for bringing like a new clinician on because it kind of like yeah. grows with them. Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, like we're excited and like, like, again, like Peter going through it, Rach signing up, like you, you guys, you know, you guys have such an elite squad and like, we're, uh, it's honestly like such an honor to be able to uh, collaborate with you guys and, you know, feel valued by you guys. But more importantly, it's, I think, validating that, like, what we preach is not just like what we believe is the right thing to do, but it's also a very viable business model because like the level of care you're providing is so differentiated to the norm that it allows you guys to have a successful, like this practice style can be a very successful business model. Yeah. Like it really does. It it benefits everyone. Cause I think a lot of people 
talk poorly about cash base and a lot of people talk poorly about like, I don't know what we want to call the way that we treat. Um, and I think some people take yeah. it really far in negative directions, but, you know, both of those things. And I, I've always really appreciated, you know, I, there was a podcast you did, I don't remember with who, but about like the empowerment model and about like, yeah, there's so many clinicians that are like, I am so good at what I do that I don't have to see you and I will see you once and give you a seven week program and you will be okay. But like being in their ear and being a, a you know, role model and being, having a relationship with this patient, like that's how you're actually going to help them. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's what honestly inspired my remote. I was doing my own remote rehab for the last year, but it was kind of like, I didn't really have clarity on like who I was helping and how I was helping. And I had an epiphany like a month ago for the name of it, which is called long game, long game health and performance, because like it, it captures that essence of like this, like if you really want to set yourself up to like not need fucking healthcare for the rest of your life, like let's learn how to play the rules of the long game. And like, it's just consistency over time. It's not anything fancy. It's not anything special. I mean, what's fancy and special about it is having someone that can cut through all the noise in the industry and, and help provide guidance on what actually matters to move the needle. But it's just, it's showing up, it's being consistent over time. And it's like, that's what Steph is doing with ACL Resolve. It's like, you know, it's ACLers need a, a program. They need guidance to follow for it's a year long return at least. So it's like, you know, they should have good guidance from start to finish. And so I, I just think, you know, leaning into that, like you said, that relationship building, it, it takes time to really drive like powerful long-term outcomes. Yeah. And like you said, like being able to have the expert that can tell you like, no, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. These are the things you should focus on, you know, based on your goals and your lifestyle. Like that is just like, um, it's so valuable to you. You don't, you waste so much time when you try to figure it out by yourself. And you also get confused, especially with all the shit out there now, like to have someone who yeah. be like this guiding force is just so valuable. Well, and that's, I think, like work we have to do in terms of like our value as PTs, because I still think like, I'm sure you felt this too, Hannah, like uh, I had a lot of, I was very self-conscious as I was practicing in this way, as I like began to, because I felt like what I was doing was kind of like simple or basic. Um, I always felt like, you know, PT's value was wrapped up in like the fancy manual techniques they're doing or whatever, where it's like, no, like my value is that like I've spent countless hours sifting through all the bullshit so that I can bring you a clear message about what we actually need to do. And you're going to get better way faster and stay that way for way longer and know how to you know manage this, you know, when shit pops up again, which inevitably, if you're human, it will. That was like such an amazing elevator pitch. Like that should be all the marketing of like, I've spent a ton of hours sifting through this shit so you don't have to so that I can get you better, faster. And when it comes up again, because it will, you will know how to manage it. Boom. <laughs> it's great. the truth though. You know, it's like, there's so, there's so much noise and uh, it's an opportunity that we have in this world of so much information. It's like what you guys do, like you guys honor best care standards and can cut through all that. And yeah, it's, I think it's a great message to relay to clients and patients, but they don't really, you know what I mean? So it's like, it takes work for us to change consumer behavior and, and have them understanding, like when you explain it like that, they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But like, it's probably not their first thought when they think about what makes a great PT. 
and ironically, you know, obviously I think there's a place for manual skills, but what's, what's harder to get good at is communication skills and like motivational interviewing and and getting buy-in those skills are, are really tough. Yeah. And hard conversations that come up, you know, like I'm not progressing as fast as I want to be. I had a flare up, like, how do you manage that? You know, it's, those can be some of the hardest things for sure where it's like, yeah, I agree. Manual therapy absolutely has a place, but yeah, there's uh there's definitely not enough emphasis on building rock solid communication skills. Yeah, for sure. So foundations course that foundations too, that's happening. Question. Is that going to become a weekend course ever? Um, that's a great question. Probably down the road. Yeah. Um, but right now, like, our whole thing. So this is actually, this is actually a little bit of insider info right now because wow. it's, it's like spoiler alert. Um, cause it's, it's happening in the next two months. So whatever, uh, for any of the OGs that are listening to this, you're, you're hearing it here first. So one thing we've been, uh, really struggling with is branding. Cause like Kalu, you know, we know without a doubt clinical athlete and level up are a match made in heaven. We complement each other beautifully. We work together as a team incredibly well, but from a branding perspective, Kalu doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't kind of, uh, paint the picture of anything. And if you don't know it, you're like, what is that? And then you're like, wait, there's also clinical athlete and level up. So there's just a lot of confusion from our perspective and what we've heard from people, which makes sense. So we're actually doing one final rebrand, um, in the next few months. And it's, you know, we were between like, do we try to find a new name? Do we keep Kalu? Like, what do we do? And ultimately what we decided was, you know, we're, we're actually going to be leaning into kind of an evolution of clinical athlete. So, um, we're going to be moving forward as clinical athlete, but like a new mission statement, new branding, new colors, new feel. Um, but ultimately we felt like, that kind of captured what we're, what we're doing and, and is a little bit more of like, you know, you, you remember the OG clinical athlete days and like the code of like the clinical athlete, it, it captures what we're after and the types of providers that we want to create. And so that's really what we're focused on right now is just bringing as much simplicity and clarity to what we're doing and having one core offer that's lights out good. That is our focus over the next six months is like execute the hell out of this final brand transition, this clear core offer, the outcome of that being becoming an official clinical athlete provider. So oh, cool. your peeps, so Peter, Rach, they will all be official clinical athlete providers what? once they go through this coursework, but we're bringing that back. Yeah. Yeah. So we're bringing that back and um, we're really excited about it. And like, I, I do think a weekend course of that will make sense eventually. Um, but again, like playing the long game with this business, it's like focus on one short-term goal and fucking crush it and then move forward to some of those other initiatives. I love a rebrand. That's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be like, we've had the most successful year from a business standpoint without a shadow of a doubt, Mm -hmm. but we feel like our biggest bottleneck is branding right now. Cause there's just still a lack of clarity and confusion about like like even foundations too, as a course name is like, come on, like that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily inspire any emotion or, or like, uh, feelings around that. So, you know, there's even despite crappy naming, we've still been able to sell it because the product is valuable. Like it's a really valuable thing. And so people get that, but yeah, we just feel like we're, 
there's a lot of room on the table for growth of this particular offer. I think it goes to show to one, like the power of social proof and also the power of like the brand that you have created is that you can call it foundations too. And because it has your brand on it, people are like, well, it's going to be amazing. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. And that's like, and that's like some of the conversations we've had. Like I spoke with this new grad the other day. That's like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't really know exactly what the course is, but I knew that while I was in school, like it was a huge priority for me to get involved with you guys once I kind of got my footing. So here we are. And, uh, yeah, now that you tell me about it, it sounds amazing. So yeah, I'm in cool. Let's do it. Yeah. Like you, you do have <laughs> such a strong brand of like followers that, People are just like the fact that your name is on it and the fact that it's y'all and you're such good people, people are like, well, I, I have to be a part of it. Like people, people know that they will miss out on something and that they won't be the provider they want to be unless they use your product and service. And like that is from a business perspective, like the goal. Yeah. I mean, and it's, you know, I think the thing for us, we were talking about this in our meeting is like, man, you know, it's one thing to talk it. But like we've like we have been doing the thing and taking action and like just leading, you know what I mean? It's like so I think that's why we've been able to build up so much trust is through action. Like it's just been consistent action taking over the last eight years. And it's built, you know, the trust and the reputation that we have that like we don't take lightly. Like it's really um meaningful for us and we're really honored by it but it's like you know we've worked really hard to to earn that and to continue to earn that for people when did you start level up 2018 like january 2018 and it started as like it was completely free right totally free mentorship for five like four years five years i think people often people often think that these like big you know businesses businesses or brands have had like this master plan this whole time, but like, did you know what your goal was or were you just like, I care about this. I'm going to do this. So it was like, I, I had faith in the process. Like I had faith in the vision that like, I know this is a long term. This again, like long game. Like that's a big part of my ethos is like, this is, I felt like I wasn't starting a business to create a successful monetary business. I was creating a business because I felt like there was a social mission that was important enough that it like demanded me to do that. Like I felt like I was like, I need to do something about this. And this is an opportunity I think to do it. And I feel, and I felt at that beginning stage where I got a lot of feedback from people that were like, you should charge money for it. Like you're really stupid for doing this for free. And like, look, I did burn the fuck out and I had a lot of mental health issues. So like, you know, I'll, I'll own that. But I also wouldn't change anything because it's like at the end of the day, when you're on a social mission like that, that you really believe in, it's like, what are you going to do? Be like, okay, yeah, we have this great product and we're trying to take down this evil dictator, but you know, pay me $500 to do it. It just, it didn't feel right. And, and it also, I was practicing for like two years at that time. Like I didn't feel like I had the authority or the trust built to earn that. And so the, the vision was like, all right, build this, make an impact earn the right to like make a business out of it. And so, yeah, there really wasn't clarity on like what the play was long-term. Um, I just knew I needed to do something and I, I had trust in the process that it would fall into place. And you just kept taking steps that were aligned with your values. 
Yeah. And it was very much not linear. Um, all uh, to get to this point where we're at, like our most successful year in business, very nonlinear, you know, like uh, entrepreneur, <laughs> being an entrepreneur is not for the thin skinned. It is, it is, um, hour to hour roller coasters, day to day roller coasters, week to week roller coasters. Like it's crazy. And so like, man, like there was mornings you, Steph will tell you, like, I didn't even want to get out of bed. Like I just wanted to throw the towel in, but yeah, like, uh, always, you know, I'm looking up, I, we have a piece of artwork that was made for us that, that says, remember why you started. And ultimately that's what it's always been is like reorienting to that. And it's like, why are you doing this in the first place? And it's like, it's an uphill battle, but yeah, it gives life a lot of purpose and it's super fun because it's meaningful. And yeah, we, we out here now trying to actually do the impossible, you know, like a, a sustainable, profitable, socially, you know, mission driven business is, is a really hard thing to do. Um, but we're doing it out here hustling. Yep. I think something that like I always kind of reflect on in in business is you just mentioned it, like how much can happen just like in a day or like a week, (laughs) it's been a year. Right. And it's like, no, to normal people, like it's just been a regular week. They've gone to their job. They've gone home and made dinner. And I'm like, my whole life has changed as I know it in five days. Oh my God. <laughs> Overnight. It's like, I'll go to bed super cranky and then wake up and we'll, I'll have like three messages from people that are like, Hey, can't wait to sign up for the course. And I'm like, it's so funny. Like the road, like, it's just, yeah. So many roller coasters. That like, it, once you realize you're on a roller coaster, it's a little bit better. Cause you're like, Oh, this is going to keep. Happening. Oh, totally. Um, but in the beginning I was just like, like emotionally and like mentally, I, I was very much like, I, I had no graded exposure and I think it was, <laughs> I listened to podcast. that's intense. Yeah. Um, Kelly Surrett, I heard him describe it as like business jet lag of just like, all of a sudden this was here. And I think it's probably similar to like when a new grad goes from treating no patients to 40 and like, you don't have time to adapt or adjust. Yeah. Um, you just do. Yeah. And I, I wish that someone would have maybe prepared me more. And I'm sure you've experienced like just for the challenges that and you, the burdens that you hold as a business owner. Yeah. And like, you know, I think it's there's only so much preparation that can happen. Some of it is like you just need to start doing it. But having a community uh, having mentors. And I know for you, like Eve and like, um, you know, the PT biz crew, like I, just like having a community, you know, like Steph, you know, is in the honey badger community. And it's like, when you're around other business owners that are like, you think your life is ending. And then you hear from someone else. that's like, no, no, my life is ending too. And you're like, Oh, phew, it's not just me. <laughs> like it's, it's so powerful. Like the reassurance is so powerful. And I think that's like such a necessity for entrepreneurs is like, you need to have some sort of community so that you're like, not, you're not in this alone. Cause it is, it is a lot. It's, a, it's heavy to carry up by yourself. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's nice when you can compare your problems to other people's problems that don't seem as bad. <laughs> totally. Or like, Oh, they're like, Oh yeah, they're screwed. I'm good. I'm good. They're like, oh my God, all my employees just left and I don't have someone to answer the phones. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, that's, I, that sucks. Yeah. 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 Perspective is a beautiful thing. Very, very therapeutic. 
I know, uh, I know Steph is, does ACL resolve. And like, I think that's so cool. And a lot of what she did inspired, you know, us starting to create some sort of brand that was centered around only ACL, but I'm interested how much do y'all interact from a business perspective day to day? (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, she works her ass off. Like she inspires the crap out of me and, um, yeah, so like she's involved in Kalu. Um, you know, she she comes to our weekly meeting. Um, but other than that, I mean, we're kind of I'm in the clinic two afternoons a week, but otherwise like I'm in one room, she's in the other room. Like we're out here in the sticks in upstate New York and we got like a beautiful three bedroom townhouse so that we could have each our own office. Yeah. Um and so like, you know, we'll go for a walk after this, take our dog for a walk and we'll talk about, you know, whatever, whatever's going on. And like, you know, I help consult with what she's doing. Like she's hiring right now. And so I've helped with the consultation process. I'll help her with social media. Um, and she is a massive sounding board for everything we're doing with Kalu, my own personal business. So like we, you know, we build in a lot of time together during the day to go do stuff and chat, but otherwise like, you know, putting the head down and getting to work. It's because y'all are growing separate. Like you each have your own business. Yeah. What is that, that dynamic like of you both are business owners with, with rehab and PT. I mean, I think there's a lot of dynamics of just both being PTs, but now both being pretty well-known PTs doing remote rehab. Yeah, it's definitely comes with its challenges because like we're both, you know, it's not like one of us has a stable job. Um, we're, we're both full blown entrepreneurs and, uh, no, but it is like, we wouldn't, we were talking and it's like, I I wouldn't, we wouldn't trade it for the world. And like, ultimately I think rather than us having one, it's like, I'm really proud of her because ultimately in a relationship, it's like, I would never want to stifle her creativity and her drive and her mission. And like, she's so perfectly drawn up to like, go on this mission that she's on. And like, I couldn't be happier and prouder to support her in that. And honestly, like she's killing it. Like she's my sugar mama. She's the reason I can continue to chase the dream and, and build up Kalu. Cause like the reality is, is that I'm one of four co-owners of Kalu. So while we've had our best year, it's, you know, it's barely paying the bills for me. Um, which is why I'm running my own remote, uh, rehab business, like keeping it around 10 to 12 clients. Um, and then, you know, working with Russ two days a week, like, you know, I make ends meet for basic, basic living expenses, but, you know, Steph's killing it. I, you know, it inspire, it honestly inspires the crap out of me. And like, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Like, I, I really like that she has her own thing that she can pour into. Again, like putting two high achievers together and y'all just both help each other keep, you know, leveling up. I'm very passionate about what I do. And like, I don't always like, like when me and Steph are just only working on Kalu stuff together, we can kind of butt heads at times because I'm like, it's my baby and I'm trying to do it this particular way. And so I don't think it would be healthy for us if we were like working on the same business at the same time. So it's a good constraint that like we can both pour, really pour our energy and creativity into these different operations and like also collaborate and, and support each other. Yeah, I totally understand the butting heads thing. That is why we we realize we do separate things well and that there's a level of like trust that you have to give. Yeah. But, you know, if you're both trying to do the same exact things, it's it's going to be tough. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
you mentioned remote ACL rehab. I want to know all the ins and outs of that. And like, how, how does that work? Especially like what kind of population do you see? Just have a lot of questions. It's totally eye-opening for me, this experience. Cause like you still, like you, you know, you talk to anyone about even just virtual PT in general. And they're like, huh? Like, how is that even possible? How do you through <laughs> like, the screen? Yeah. So it starts, it starts with understanding the premise of like, can we agree that ACL rehab is at a minimum, like a six month process for someone just getting back to like day-to-day stuff. But realistically, it's really like a year long plus process to really return to performance. You know, that's, that's like level one of like a common understanding that that's a thing. Level two would be, okay, what's the number one driver for like great outcomes is being consistent, consistency over time, where, you know, one of the issues with the session model is like, if you're only going in once a week, that's fine, but you need to know what you're doing those minimum other two days a week. Like you need, you need to be training three days a week minimum of like leg rehab, exercise, strengthening, whatever. That's like, that's the base. And so sessions are beautiful to augment it. But the reality is, is that having a program that is progressive week to week is such a powerful medium for delivering baller ACL rehab, because it's not just an HEP to go. It's, it's a week of programming that you're getting feedback on that then, uh, feeds back into how you're updating it the following week. So you're continuing to progress it week to week. There's zoom check-ins every six weeks or so, but it's largely asynchronous, you know? And I think that's another thing when people think of remote PT, it's like, I don't want to sit there and watch you work out for an hour. Like, I have better ways to spend my time, like record it. Tell me how the feedback, like, you know what I mean? Like record the video so I can see the quality of the movement. Here's explicit feedback on like the RPE or the symptoms that you had. And like you get those things and that's all the information you need to adjust it for the following week. And so, um, yeah, that's basically it. I mean, Steph's dream is to have some in-person because like in a perfect world, hybrid really is the best way to go about it. But for now, you know, her, her she's able to serve a wide population, immediate post-op um, people in purgatory, you know, like they've been, they're like years out of surgery that are still dealing with shit because it was never rehab properly. Uh, people that are like 12 weeks out that like, you know, their P, my PT started having me running, but my knee is swelling. And it's like, well, did they test anything or do anything? And they're like, no. And it's like, okay, <laughs> like it's good. It's like a wide range of people that are either just really wanting to make sure they have that like A1 guidance, people that are kind of in purgatory, people that feel like they're not getting what they need from their current providers. And that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I love purgatory term. That's great. ACL purgatory. So true. It's so true. Great point. So many people are in rehab purgatory. I mean, that's literally my remote rehab business is built around that. People with persistent pain that are just like, you know, they've been sold short-term fixes or shitty fixes and they're still dealing with it year over year. That's so that's, I, yeah, I think everything that Steph is doing is amazing. When I said remote is remote rehab, I meant, what are you doing? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you just um, talk praises about your wife. I'm like, that's amazing. I want to know about you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm working with people in persist, like that have persistent and recurring pain, especially back pain, like active people with recurring issues. So it's like, have you been dealing with back pain, you know, that's recurring year over year, month, like, or you've been dealing with it for like a year straight and there's no progress. Like 
that's who I help. Um, and it's a similar delivery mechanism, you know, like I just had an initial consult today. Um, we do some basic screening and then it's all through true coach, you know, where I, you know, the first week is basically a combination of some different objective tests, which they'll record and give me feedback on and then anchoring. So it's like, okay, let's, let's find the appropriate entry point for squatting. Um, so I'll have you goblet squat to a bench and you're working up to a level of five out of six out of 10 effort wise, or if your symptoms reach a two out of 10, stop there, record a video of the final set, give me feedback on the effort level and the pain level. And then we move forward. And it's like, you know, over the first few weeks, we, we dial into the sweet spot and then we're, and then it's on like, and then we're off to the races. And, uh, it's, you know, again, for me, this is a medium that I think better serves people, this population where like, it's not like they're going to go in for one PT visit and like, Oh, my chronic issues are resolved. It's like, it takes consistency over time, um, to, to really get out of the hole with these types of things. I know a lot of people that have had chronic or persistent pain in general, there is a lot of, um, fear and there's a lot of things that they've been told. There's a lot of things that they've tried. There's also a lot of beliefs and like they're, especially if they've been dealing with it for years, it's kind of driven a lot of their habits and actions. How does that work when you're yeah. remote? Yes. So love that question. And that's also what I love about owning my own thing is that like people that follow me already have an idea of what I'm about. And like, that's why like the power of branding, like long game, like it already gets people thinking differently about how they're even approaching their rehab. And so like, I'm not wasting people's time. Like I had, I had an initial like discovery call with someone last week who I did a consult, like a formal onboarding consult with today. He's like, yeah, I've had uh, hip and back pain for the last several years. And like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's because my hips are misaligned. And like when my AT used to do this like thing where, he, you know, muscle energy stuff, it would feel better. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, like, you know, how do I want to go? How do I want to like go about this? And I'm like, I'm not. And I'm like, look, he was referred to me. And I'm like, look, can I be totally honest with you? Like, do you want my full transparent thoughts? And he's like, yes. I'm like, so look, understand I used to practice in that way. Like it, it kind of quote unquote works, but it's not doing what we quite think it's doing. And there's actually, you know, if we're really looking at long-term resolution, that ain't really it. And so if you're open to it, I'd love to tell you more about how I see things and how we would go about working together. And so for me, it's like, it's not like I'm working for someone else where I'm going to tarnish their reputation by, you know, going hard in the pain. It's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm not going to waste your time. If, if this really challenges you, then maybe we're not a great fit to work together, but either way, uh, help plant the seed and, you know, set expectations. And he's like, no, that all makes a lot of sense. Thank you for sharing that. And we had our first consult today and it went great. And he's, uh, he's bought in, he's bought into the long-term, you know, outlook of, of how to manage this. Would you say the long game? Yeah, he's playing the long game. You got to say that. I mean, that, I mean, that's a great play the long game, play the long game with your health and wellness people. Heck yeah. That's, that's what, that's what I'm after. So yeah, like once I had that, it's funny, like I was spinning the wheels. I had maybe around like three or four clients. Um, and once I had that epiphany of the brand, it changed my marketing, changed the way I was doing stuff. I'm at 10 clients now, like literally over a month. Oh, wow. Like it's been, it's been insane. So it's like, 
it just goes to show that when you have clarity in your branding and your mission, like that shit resonates. Um, so I'm super grateful. It's been, it's been really fun. Well, and you also, you know, you're working with a population that's, it's unfortunately so common people that have had recurring back pain and that have been told all these things and they, they haven't gotten the opportunity to try the things that work. And I like that you have, you know, kind of like centered down into these are the people that I'm going to right now, I'm going to focus on serving because yeah. then you can really speak to them and, you know, their frustrations. Well, and it's, and it's people that are ready for change because they're like, I'm sick of dealing with this shit. <laughs> so it's like, for me, that's the, that is like the dream avatar, you know, is like the people that have just been dealing with it and are like sick of it and are ready to change. And it's like, cool. I can, I know I can show you the path forward. Yeah. How do you manage? Because I think there's a lot of benefits in, in person. And I think people would be like, well, what do you mean? Like, you don't get to see him in person. Um, how do you manage to still, you know, build a relationship, kind of like enact that empowerment model remote yeah. online? Yeah. So great example. I had a new client start last month, uh, subacute cervical radiculopathy. And you know, we spent a lot of time on that initial call, just kind of like reassuring, talking about prognosis, talking about how like, look, if you have someone you trust that does good manual therapy, like there's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, you can certainly go in and, and look for some of that in-person uh, gentle manual therapy, but like this should resolve on its own. We'll monitor for symptoms, but here's what it requires. And, um, you know, it's it's having the touch points where it's like, we check in, you know, they're giving me feedback and I'm getting back to them over 48 hours. And then, you know, like for her, we hopped on a call like two weeks in, like, Hey, how are things going? Are the sim like, you know, are symptoms receding or like, are we moving in the right direction? She's like, yes, things are getting so much better. Da, 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 da. And it's like, you know, like I am in their corner. Like they know that it's like, look, you have access to me 24 seven. I would rather you over communicate than under communicate. That's what's going to make this so special. And so it's, it's really like, um, really instilling that and setting that expectation and then following through with my actions to like be there for them, hop on calls when needed, provide reassurance when needed. Um, but ultimately like as they start feeling better week over week, they're like, okay, this really does work. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And like the remote nature of it kind of puts in their brain and your brand that like, we probably won't see huge changes week to week. It is about the long term changes. Tol and that's why it's so amazing. I'm like, look, like the first month is just about like establishing a, a good entry point to movement that you are tolerating, that it has a stable symptom response. Like, yes, would love symptoms to go down and they may very well. But like if at the end of four weeks, we just have like a stable program that is very low to no symptoms, we're going to fucking crush it. And like you set that expectation. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's over. Game, set, match. Thank you so, so much for taking time out to talk with me yeah. and, and tell me all the awesome things that you're doing. Likewise, I've been looking forward to it and like really do admire and respect. Like I know how hard it is to run a clinic like uh, and a business that's like so mission driven. And like, I really do commend you. And like, we are so, uh, we're just honored to help support what you're doing because it's so important. And it's like, without without people like you actually doing it, it's like, you know, what's the purpose of our education if it's not being enacted? So 
Um, we appreciate you and I enjoy the conversation too. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you so much. Have a great walk with your dogs. Tell Steph hello. Yes. Tell your dogs hi for me too. Bye, Zach. Peace. As always, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen and learn. I love if you could give us a follow or shout out on Instagram. Otherwise, if you're looking to connect with Zach, all of those links are in the show notes below. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a wonderful week.